0: Hey, y'all. It's Dana Shea with Real Relationship Talk, and I'm so happy that you're here today. We are at episode 66, which is actually the last episode in the Marriage Vow series. I think this is actually the longest series that I have done, but it is also the series that I think is probably the most foundational. The truth of the matter is, even though Real Relationship Talk focuses on all kinds of relationships, I like to center on marriage. I think that marriage is the most important relationship. That you will have in your life should you choose to get married outside of your relationship with God. And so, even more so than parenting or healthy friendships, I love talking about marriage. And I have had so many conversations with couples who have been married for just a few weeks, all the way up to over 50 years. And I myself, Sean and I are pretty transparent about our own marriage. We've been married for 22 years. And so I am not a quote expert, but I have immersed myself in the whole stratosphere of marriage, if you will. And so I'm super passionate about it. And I really hope that this podcast will not only encourage your marriage if you are married, but also give you some things to think about if you're not married. I love when I hear back from couples or e- even individuals who aren't married and they say, you know, I really appreciated episode on whatever the subject is, and it's usually a marriage podcast episode. And so I just wanted to kind of open up the podcast for those of you who might be new to our Real Relationship Talk community to let you know that I do take a lot of time and effort and prayer in thinking about what kind of content we are going to present on Real Relationship Talk. So with all of that being said, we are going to go ahead and get into our final Episode in the Marriage Vow series. Today we are talking about Until Death Do Us Part. Here we go. <music> so many of you might know that me and Sean got married when we were 18 and 21. When you're 18, death seems like a fantasy. I mean, you're invincible, right? Like, you're never going to die. And if you do die, it's going to be in 90 years or so. And I remember standing at the altar with Sean at 18 years old and saying these words, until death do us part. The truth of the matter is, just a few months later, I was like, later for that, I made a mistake. I want to get out of this marriage. And I think that it's a a subject that we take for granted. We take for granted that we know what till death do us part means. It means till death do you part. It means that when you take that vow, that covenant, that commitment, that you're in it for the long haul. You're in it for a lifetime. Someone said that marriage is a lifetime business, and it really is. And sadly, in our culture, we are a throwaway generation, So if you don't like something, you just throw it away. If something doesn't work, you toss it, you get something new. And unfortunately, we see that in relationships all the time, especially in marriage. Now, this episode is not meant to cause any kind of shame or condemnation to those of you who might have been divorced, or maybe you're considering divorce right now. I do hope, though, that if you're considering divorce for reasons outside of abandonment, abuse, or adultery, this episode is going to help you to reconsider that decision. I thought about... All of the couples who I have been blessed to know who have been married for a super long time. I'm talking 40, 50 years or so. And I'm trying to draw a common thread between the couples that I know who have been married for that long. And not every couple who's been married for a long time has a great marriage. I mean, maybe you know of a couple, they've been married for 48, 50 years, but they don't sleep in the same bed, or they barely talk, or they're not really in a great place. And I'm not really talking about those couples, because how many of you know, it's one thing to just kind of survive in a marriage and just kind of fake it till you make it. And it's another thing to really thrive. And my whole desire for Real Relationship Talk for our community is that you have relationships that are thriving. There is no faking it until you make it here, okay? And so I'm thinking about couples that have been married for a long time that are actually still in love. And I use the word in love. Y'all can't see me over here doing air quotes, but I use the term in love loosely because a lot of people think in order for you to have a marriage that long, you have to have the butterfly feelings, right? You have to be, you have to have the feelings of love. But love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. And if you're waiting for a feeling to come or a feeling to go, then you are always going to be at the mercy of your feelings, I've been married for 22 years, like I said before, and trust and believe that in those 22 years, I have not always felt the feelings of love. There are some times that you have to choose to act in a loving way, even if you don't feel the feelings. We all know how to do this. If you have a job that you hate, but you choose to go to work every day because you need that paycheck, you are choosing a choice over a feeling. If you are taking care of a loved one and maybe you don't want to do that or you don't feel equipped to do that, but you choose to do that, even though you don't feel like doing it, you are making a choice. When you choose to get up in the middle of the night with a sick baby or a crying toddler, you don't probably feel like being up in the middle of the night taking care of that child, but you do it because love is a choice. Somehow... We get in marriages, and we turn off that choice, and we're looking for a feeling. And then when we don't feel that feeling, we want to exit. Now, I know that I'm oversimplifying this a little bit, and I do understand that there are many couples who are saying, Dana, you don't understand I am living with someone that I can't stand, or I'm living with someone and we are completely incompatible, or I'm living with someone and we never even talk. We're just roommates. And I understand that those are hard situations. Those are tough situations. But if we are going to truly take these marriage vows seriously, then we have to look at the last line, the most important line, which says, what? until death do us part according to God's holy law. Now, that according to God's holy law is important, especially if you're a believer, because we understand that God is in this with us. This is why marriage is sacred. We talked about that in the opening episode of this Marriage Vow series, why marriage is sacred. Marriage is sacred because God is the one who ordained it. Through the scriptures, we see that God looks at marriage very seriously. If you look at the book of Malachi, if you look at the book of Matthew, even in some of the epistles that Paul writes, marriage is honorable to God, but marriage is also serious business to God. So I don't want to assume that you all even know what the Bible says about marriage, because truth of the matter is, some people really don't know, even people who have been walking with the Lord for a long time, they don't realize that Jesus himself took a stand for marriage. So obviously, we're not Israelites, most of us are not Israelites. And so sometimes people will say, well, that's Old Testament, we don't have to follow that teaching anymore. But I'm going to actually read to you out of Matthew 19. This is going to be probably the longest bit of scripture that I've ever used on the podcast, but I want you to stay engaged because it's important that we understand this. So this is Jesus talking to a group of Pharisees who were really just trying to trap him as they always were in his teaching. And so this was his response to them. This is Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 1, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation just because I think it's so juicy. All right, here we go. After Jesus finished teaching them, talking about his disciples here, he left Galilee and made his way to the district of Judea, east of the Jordan River. Massive crowds followed him, and he healed all who were sick. The Pharisees were intent on putting Jesus to the test with difficult questions, so they approached him and asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Verse 4, haven't you read the scriptures about creation? Jesus replied, the creator made us male and female from the very beginning and quote, for this reason, he's quote, not a Genesis here, a man will leave his father and mother and live with his wife and the two will become one flesh. From then on, they are no longer two, but united as one. So what God has joined together or what God has united, let no one divide. Some of you might know that scripture as, therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Same scripture. Verse 7, they responded. So then, why does Moses command us to give a certificate of divorce and it would be lawful? Jesus said, Moses permitted you to divorce because your hearts were so hard and stubborn. But originally, there was no such thing. But I say to you, whoever leaves his wife for any reason other than sexual immorality then takes on another wife is living in adultery. And whoever takes on a divorced woman in marriage is also living in adultery. His disciples spoke up and said, If this is the standard, then it seems better to never get married. Hashtag pay attention. Verse 11. Not everyone is meant to remain single, Jesus said. Only those whom God gives grace to be unmarried. For some were born to celibacy, others have been made eunuchs by others, and there are some who have chosen to live in celibacy for the sacred purpose of heaven's kingdom realm. Let those who can accept this truth for themselves. All right, you guys, there's so, so much that we can unpack here. And I know that there have been people that have asked me, Dana, do you really still believe that if you divorce because of reasons outside of adultery that you're committing adultery? And what I say is it really doesn't matter what I believe. What matters is what is written. What does the Bible say? What did Jesus say out of his own mouth? Because there's this crazy teaching that Jesus really doesn't come down on the way that we live, that he just wants us to love everybody. And as long as we just love everybody and just treat everybody kind, then all will be well. And yes, of course, he's called us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. But there is also a Christian ethic that we are required to live by if we are truly going to call ourselves his disciples. This is a hard word, and I understand it and trust and believe I've had to stare these words on the page myself when I have been tempted to throw in the towel. Following God is not always easy. But just because we don't like what he says doesn't mean that we get to change what he says. So marriage is sacred. And if we are going to take a vow to say, until death do us part, we need to do our part to make sure that we are doing everything in our power, every single thing to then carry out that vow. And What is happening in our society and our culture today is people are not serious about this part of the marriage vow. I believe I said in episode 60, episode 60 was for better or for worse. And I said that if you're not going to be serious about taking the vow, don't take the vow. I would much rather for someone to say to me if they were in a premarital coaching session or what have you, you know, I really like this person and I'm probably going to like them for the next hmm, five to 10 years, but I'm really not committing myself to them forever. Then I would tell that person, we'll just date for five to 10 years, and then when that relationship expires, then move on. I would much rather people do that than to then get married, spend all this money, join families, and then just throw it away because it, quote, didn't work out. This is the truth, and it's a hard truth, and I know that some of you are going to want to turn me off. But the truth of the matter is the vast majority of divorces happen because people's hearts are hard and stubborn. That's what Jesus said here in Matthew 19, verse 8. He said, Moses permitted you, didn't command you, didn't require you, but he allowed you to divorce because your hearts were so hard and stubborn. And how many of you know that there's nothing new under the sun? We're the same people, whether it was in Moses's time, Jesus's time, our time. The human heart hasn't really changed that much. Some of y'all are listening like, she doesn't know me. My heart's not stubborn. It's my husband's heart that's stubborn. Or she doesn't know me. I want to stay married. It's my wife's heart that's hard. And that might be the truth. You might be doing everything in your power to make your marriage work. And so if that's the case, I'm not talking to you. But who I am talking to is that person who's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't have to put up with this anymore. I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of being the one that's initiating. I'm tired of being the only one that's listening to the Real Relationship Talk podcast. I'm tired of being the one going to the conferences. I'm tired of being the one reading the books. How do I know this, y'all? Because I said it for a long time. I'm tired. I, I, I. I'm the one initiating. I'm the one putting the effort in. I'm the one saying I'm sorry all the time. I'm the one changing. So listen, there's no judgment here. But I am trying to help you understand that even if all of those things are true, you still do not have a biblical out to divorce. Jesus gave us one here, and it was sexual immorality or adultery. I believe that you also can divorce if you're being abused. I don't believe that it is the will of God for you to stay in a physically abusive relationship with someone who is not willing to change. Now, some people say, well, can you separate and let that person change? Sure. But the point is, is that you need to be safe. I don't, I would never counsel someone to stay in a marriage where they're being beat up and just hoping that God is going to change that person's heart. No. Okay. Abandonment. There's also a scripture for that. And I've gotten to that in in, in other episodes. So I'm not going to belabor that point. The point that I'm trying to make today is that As we look at these marriage vows and as we say, these are the things that I'm vowing. I love the word vow. We don't use it enough anymore. But these are the things that I am vowing that I'm committing to do. And one of those things I'm committing to do is I'm committing to offer my life to you for the rest of my life. Whether you get old, wrinkly, gray, mean, stubborn, sick, broke, whatever it is. I'm offering you my life for the rest of my life. And this is why we have to be so careful with those that we just, quote, fall in the love ditch with. Y'all know how I feel about people say, I just fell in love. Listen, you didn't fall in love. Okay, love is a choice. We talked about that before. But you need to be careful about the people that you're choosing. So I'm teaching my kids now, the, the youngers, the 12 and the 14 year old, you know, I asked them the other day, do you guys like girls? Like, I just, I just ask them straight up. Who's, what do y'all think about girls? The 12 year old could care less. Okay. 14 year old. I think he, I think he's got some, some girl somewhere. I just, I have a feeling. I think he likes girls. I think he's into girls. He's 14. I can remember being 14. But I want my kids to know, and even with my two older kids when they were younger, I want them to be thinking now, is this somebody that I would commit myself to for the rest of my life? Now, some of y'all might be like, Dana, that is a bit extra. Your kids are too little to be thinking about marriage. But listen, here's the truth. Why would you waste your time in a relationship with someone that you wouldn't marry? Like, do you all realize how many people I talk to that I say things like, you know, is this is this person marriage material? And they'll be like, eh, I, I mean, I don't know about all that. Well, why waste your time? Why date somebody if they're not marriage material? If you would not marry that person, then you shouldn't date them. Because what's going to happen is eventually you are going to start to develop feelings, maybe even emotional or physical soul ties, should you choose to go that route. And then you're going to be faced with a decision to then marry someone that you don't believe you can commit to for the rest of your life. Why even put yourself in that position? So if they're not good enough to marry, they're not good enough to date. Leave them alone. Just be friends. If you are going to date, then you should date everyone through the lens of this could be a potential life partner here. That means that character matters. Character matters more than looks. It matters more than somebody's bank account. It matters more than the friend group or the networking group that they're in. It matters more than you just wanting to get out of your mom or dad's house. It matters more than you needing stability or friendship, whatever it is that you're looking for. Character matters. Because guess what? People are going to change. Bank accounts change. Jobs can change. All of these other superficial things that sometimes we focus on so much can change. But if someone's character is rotten, you're stuck with that. Until death do you part. And so I would focus on who is this person as an individual? How do they treat people that they don't know or that they don't like? How do they treat people who can't give them anything in return? Are they rude to the waitresses when we go out to dinner? Do they lie? Do they cheat on their taxes? Is their credit bad? I mean, all of these things are things that sometimes we don't think about. I think many women think about these things. I think women are great at interviewing for the most part. Some women don't. But for the most part, a lot of women, when they're in the dating phase, they're interviewing guys, right? They're like, "Mm, mm, mm," you know, going through all these questions in their mind. And that's smart. That's wise. Sometimes men don't do that as much. Sometimes men, and I know I'm making a huge generalization here, but sometimes men just focus on the outward. She's cute. Her body is banging, whatever it is. And they think that that's somehow going to last. Your body is not going to (laughs) last. I'm sorry. It's not going to last you your 50 years of being married, okay? Things are going to start moving and shaking and sagging and dragging. So you got to have more than just a cute body, okay, fellas? She's got to have more than that. You need to be asking yourself, is this somebody who I would commit my entire life and every part of my life to forever? If the answer is no, then you need to keep it moving. Now, if you're already married, obviously you need to commit. You need to close the open door that you've kind of left on reserve. We have some good friends of ours and the wife told me, she said, when we got married, I had a townhouse and I kept that townhouse just in case something were to happen. Some of you, you need to get rid of your just-in-cases. Now, thankfully, she ended up selling that townhouse and it hurt. It didn't hurt because she, she sold it. She made a great profit off of it. It hurt because that was her backup plan. And now she was all in. Because if something happened, she was almost like starting from zero again. Marriage is scary, y'all. Think about you are committing your life and everything about your life to someone else. I get it. It's scary. But if you have options and plan Bs and accounts that your spouse doesn't know about and properties that are sitting there waiting just in case your husband or wife acts up, you're not all in. In order for marriage to truly work, you have to be all in. Every part of you has to be all in. You can't have a 10% reserve just in case your spouse decides to act up. I would much rather talk somebody out of getting married than to try to have to sit with somebody and try to talk them into staying married. If you can save yourself the heartache, the grief, the trouble, the finances, On the front end, it's much easier than being 13 years in and now having to counsel someone who's going through a divorce. Maybe you're sitting here listening to this and you're thinking, I want to commit to my marriage till death do us part, but I cannot imagine living one more day with this person. I'm going to encourage you to reach out for marriage coaching or counseling. It doesn't have to be with me. This is not a sales pitch. But you need to talk to somebody, a third party, who can help you, who can help you to see the good. Because can I give you a little tip here? There's so often, you guys, we look at all the bad things that are happening in our relationship. We look at our communication problems. We look at our money problems. We look at the fact that we're not getting along or that our sexual needs aren't being met, whatever those things are. And if you focus on that for so long, that's going to be the bigger thing. Whatever you focus on becomes the thing that you focus on. And so what we have to do is stop focusing on the negative. What are the good things? What are the positive things that you can think about in your relationship? Begin to focus on that instead, and you will notice a significant change. You might not notice the change right away. I'm not telling you that things are going to change immediately just because you start focusing on the good, but you will notice a shift in your relationship when you start to think about what made you fall in love with that person, quote. Fall in love? What made you love, decide to love that person? What was it about them that was just irresistible that drew you to that person? Focus on that instead. So I know that this isn't easy, and I know that this is not a light and fun podcast that you're going to go share with all your friends because you just know it's going to encourage them. But I do hope that you know that I am for you, I am for marriages. And I am for helping you. And I think that one of the biggest things that I want to do, you know what, honestly, I want my legacy to be, is that I challenged people to go beyond what they thought they could do on their own. That is really what a good coach is all about. If I just told you everything that you wanted to hear, well, then you do that on your own. But I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to provoke you even sometimes to go beyond what you think you can do on your own, to try again, to love again. I want to end this episode today in a different way than we normally end it. And I just want to end by saying a prayer over you and your marriage. I know that there is someone that's listening right now who's thinking about drawing up divorce papers. And I know that you have come to this episode because God is saying, wait, just wait Not wait to draw up the papers, but wait on me. And so I want to pray for you. I also want to pray for those of you who maybe you're not at the point of drawing up divorce papers, but you're really going through a really, really difficult time in your marriage right now. And you're flirting around with the idea of ending your marriage. I want to pray for you today. So Heavenly Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, I come to you. First of all, God, thanking you for the privilege that it is to speak into the lives of your sons and your daughters. God, I thank you for bringing them to this podcast. I thank you, God, for answering many of their prayers, Lord God, that some of them have been praying for a lifeline. Some of them, Lord God, have been praying for a way out. And this is your answer to them. It's not the way out that maybe they thought they were going to get, but it's the way up. That's what it is. Father, I pray, Lord, right now for that person who is at the end of his or her rope. God, I pray that you would give them strength that they do not have. Your word says that in our weakness, you are strong. And so I pray, God, would you give them your strength? God, I pray for that couple right now who's trying. Lord, they're literally doing all the right things. And it seems as if nothing is changing. God, I pray that they would hold on, that they would have hope that they would believe again, that they would stop focusing on what isn't working and that they would look and celebrate the things that are. Father, I pray for new strength. I pray, oh God, for joy and for contentment and for peace. God, I pray that you would help them to understand that there is nothing that is worth having that doesn't come with sacrifice and difficulty. Just because it's hard, doesn't mean that it isn't worth it. As a matter of fact, usually, because it is hard, lets us know that it is worth it. So Father, I pray that they would leave this episode today just feeling full of hope, feeling a new sense of urgency, not to get out, but to stay in it. For those especially who have children, Lord God, that they would leave a legacy for their children, that their children's children would be able to say, my grandparents were married for 65 years. Those kids will never know the amount of dedication and sacrifice and tenacity that it took to get to those 65 years. But I pray that that would be their legacy. God, I pray for every person who's listening to me right now who has been divorced God, I thank you that there is no condemnation for those who believe, those who are in Christ, God, that that sin, that weight, that shame, that guilt, Lord, it is all covered under the blood of Jesus. And I pray, oh God, that they would know that, that they would no longer carry that guilt and shame, but that they can move on, Lord God. Yes, they're going to have some battle scars, but that they can move on and say, God is enough. You are enough. Thank you so much, Lord God for hearing us when we pray. I cover them, every single listener, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for staying through the end. And thank you so much for being a part of this Real Relationship Talk community. I hope and trust and pray and believe that this Marriage vow series is going to not only help you in your today, but it's going to seed your tomorrow. And what I mean by that is you're going to be able to refer back to these episodes in the months and then the years to come. Some of you might have just found this podcast, and I might be on episode 100 or 200 by now. I don't know where I'm going to be. However, I do know this, that the principles that you hear on this podcast are timeless. And I truly, truly want you to know that I am for you. I am encouraging you, cheering you on all the way. You can do this until death do you part. I would love to keep the conversation going. So if you're not already a part of our Facebook group, I want to encourage you to join us online at facebook.com forward slash Christian Marriages and Relationships. That is where we continue the conversation. That's where our community lives, on Facebook. And of course, you can always reach out to me. If you need coaching, you can find me at danashe.com forward slash coaching. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E forward slash coaching. And of course, on all social media platforms, just search Dana Shea. And I would love to continue this conversation with you and serve you any way that I can. So thank you so much for listening. Take care. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker, John Driver, for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.